Welcome to the Mini Crisis, brought to you by the Tales of Crisis podcast. In tonight's episode, we will be covering movement. As with many tabletop games, movement is key to allow you to win the game. There have been instances of games won without any dice being rolled and no attacks being made. However, they've always had to move, and more often than not, they've had to move their opponent's characters. And this is a key element to Marvel Crisis Protocol, which for me makes it stand out from many others, in that not only do you have the ability to move your own models but you can also move your opponent's models now there are many games that allow you to do this but normally it's quite rare in marvel crisis protocol there are many many characters with different abilities that can allow you to move your opponent's models and it's quite prevalent within the game and it's something you need to be aware of movement can be broken down into two one where you're moving your characters and two where you're moving your opponent's characters In this episode, we're going to just cover moving your own characters, because there is so much to cover. And then in the next episode, we're going to go through moving your opponent's characters. So let's start with the basics. Within the Marvel Crisis Protocol game, there are three different movement tools. Short, medium, and long. They helpfully have... A little letter on each of them to tell you which they are. So there's an S on the short one, an M on the medium, and an L on the long one. Now they also have a little bend in the middle. And this is so that you can move around terrain. And we'll cover that in a moment. One other key part of movement is overlapping. And this is essentially saying that you cannot finish your movement of one of your characters on top of the base of any other character on the table. Also your character cannot finish its movement overlapping the edge of some terrain. So you either have to be wholly on the terrain or not on it at all. Now, there are several different types of movement and they are advance, climb, throw, push and place. Now we'll cover throw, push and place in the latter part. So for this part where we're talking purely around your own movement, we're going to concentrate on advance and climb. This is a key element to be aware of, especially when regarding superpowers and team tactics cards. If they mention movement, then you can either advance or climb. However, if the card specifically mentions advance, then it is an advance. You cannot use it to do a climb. So what's the difference? Well, an advance is a basic move. You move your character based on the characteristic of that character which is set out on the character card. Now your movement is the second symbol from the left on the top row of your character card. It's got two chevrons and it is either going to be an S, an M or an L. So it's quite easy to pick out all the other ones are all numbers but this one's a letter. What is an advance? You take your range ruler based on the maximum range of the character card. You place that tool so that it fits nicely next to your base. Best to hold on to the character when you do this so you don't knock it backwards or forwards. And then you use that range ruler 
and you finish your movement along the range ruler at any point along the range ruler. So in essence, your bass needs to be touching the range ruler when you put it down. Now, normally you would want to move to the end and again, the other end has got a nice little circular end to it so it fits nicely with your bass. But there might be times you don't want to go all the way. So you might go halfway along, etc. Now, how does this work with terrain? You can ignore terrain of your size or less. So you can move straight over it. Again, if you finish on it, that's fine. But you have to make sure you finish wholly on the terrain piece and not overlapping. Again, the size is the symbol to the right of the movement symbol on your character card. For most human-sized characters, they're size 2. The larger ones, maybe 3 or 4. So again, when you're looking at the scenery around, if it's if you're a standard human-sized character, so you're size 2, you can move over any other terrain that is size 2 or size 1. You just ignore that terrain. If the terrain is larger than the size of your character, if the size of the terrain is more than the size of your character, you will have to go around it. And this is when the bend in the movement tool comes into effect. So you cannot have the movement tool overlapping a piece of scenery of a size higher than the size of your character. You'll have to make sure that your movement tool does not overlap with it. Now this is important in that if you are trying to move right down the edge your character's base doesn't have to fit over the center of the movement tool so the movement tool can go right to the edge but you must finish touching that tool and the tool itself cannot overlap with the scenery so what happens if you do wish to go over or onto a piece of scenery that is of a higher size than the size of your character this is where climb comes into effect and in essence what it means is that you reduce your movement to short and that you can treat yourself as being size 5 with regard to that movement so in essence what that means is you can go onto any terrain piece of size 5 or less you can go onto it you can go over it but you can only move short when you do that now there are a couple of other things that can allow you to do this if your character has the flight special rule or wall crawler and these are very similar they both basically mean that you treat your character as size 5 with regard to movement so in essence as long as the scenery is size 5 or less you can fly over it you can land on it or with wall crawler in theory you can crawl up it there are one or two rules where they only affect characters with flight and that is the only difference between flight and wall crawler at the moment maybe further along the line we'll see more rules that maybe just affect wall crawlers we'll have to wait and see some other key notes around movement you can move through any characters but again you cannot finish your movement on top of them so this is interesting because it's not just friendly characters allied characters it is any character so you can move through your opponent's characters that means your movement tool can be placed on or past them and you can move through them now there's two characters that i can think of at the moment that will prevent you from doing this but they are very rare so one is angela and the other is medusa one other interesting part about movement in marvel crisis protocol is that you've always got to take into consideration the base size 
because you do not measure from the front of the base to the final position of the front of the base, what you actually do is you, because of the way you put the measurement tool down, you are essentially moving from where the front of your base is, that distance, and then it's the back of your base. So you will gain the additional movement of your base. So what this means is if you're moving short, you look at your short measurement tool, you move that distance plus the size of your base. What this means in reality is those with larger bases move more. If you've got somebody who's got a medium sized base but moves short, they will move further than somebody with a small base who moves short. And it's something to bear in mind and that's why characters like Angela, who not only has a medium sized base but also moves long, it gives her that little bit extra edge because she's gaining extra. She's not just a long mover. So when you look at cards and you look at their movement, you've got to consider the size of the base because it does make a difference. Modok is a classic example. He only moves short, but his base is large. So he's actually getting a lot more movement than you think. When moving and using the movement tools, please be aware that you must have at the start of the movement, the both prongs of the movement tool touching the character's base. Difficult to explain on a podcast without pictures, but in essence, there is a curve at the end of the movement tool. That curve must be touching your character's base at the start of the movement. You don't have to have both prongs touching the character's base at the end. So you could put the character to one side of that, just touching the very tip of it. You could use it so it's touching both or you could use it touching just the side of the movement tool but when you start the movement you must use both prongs touching your character's base another important thing to be aware of is the one tool at a time rule and what this basically is is that you can only have one movement and one range tool on the table at any one time now the range ones we haven't quite covered yet in essence they range from two to five one is the end of all of those so they're all the same width and that is the size of um, range one now why this is important is because quite often you will want to finish your movement within range of another character so you need to put that range ruler down first before you start to move your character you cannot start moving your character put it somewhere and then start measure, measuring ranges this is classed as using your base as a ruler, which is not allowed within the game. So the way to do it is work out where you need to position it. And if you want to be precise, put your range ruler tool down on the table. And now it needs to be a range ruler. You cannot use another movement tool. You can only have one movement tool and one range ruler down at any one time. So you would put your range ruler down. Let's say, for example, you wanted to be within range one of a crisis token so that you can interact with it. So you would put that down and then you would put your movement tool down. Again, both prongs touching your character's base and you would move your character so that it was then touching both your movement tool and range tool. You cannot pick up your base, move it along and start moving other tools around. What you can do, however, 
is you are able to put your character back once you let go of it. So again, in the forums, which I'd highly recommend anybody go check out the Atomic Mass Games forums, there's an answer to a question around this, and it does say that even though you've let go of the character, you can put it back. It's not like chess, the minute you let go, that's it. However, what you can't do is start putting the character down somewhere, have a look at it, move it back, move your movement tool, then put the character down somewhere else, then check some measurements, then move it again, because this is essentially using the base as a measurement tool. Now, talking of range tools, these are also used with regard to movement. Now, not as part of the standard Marvel Crisis Protocol concept of movement, not as your standard advance or climb, but when we come to talk about placement, Often, when a card or a special ability allows you to place a character, whether that be either your own or one of your opponents, this tends to be using a range measurement tool. So two to five, as we just mentioned, and this is what is then used. So a good example of this would be something like Rainbow Bridge, which is an Asgard team tactics card. And that is you pay power and you can place your character within three of its starting position. Couple of things to be aware of here. Key one, as we've just mentioned, this is a range, so it's not one of your movement tools. But also secondly, this is a placement. So it, you're not moving through that space. It's essentially, think of it as almost a teleportation. So you disappear and reappear. So you don't have to worry about terrain. Your final position does need to finish not overlapping a base or overlapping scenery. But other than that, you don't have to worry about flight or going over terrain of a higher size, etc. You just place your character. So you remove it and then place it within range. So it doesn't have to be all the way to the end, but it has to be within range. Some other examples of this would be, for example, Lockjaw has an ability to do this. So does Thanos. Other ways of doing movement include charges and hit and run. Now, these are essentially where you're combining an attack with a movement. These are generally part of your superpowers and they normally cost an action. Now for a charge, it is your movement and then you get to do an attack. Some charges, for example, Valkyries, is you can do any of the attacks. So you could do your spender or your builder or whatever you choose to do from your selection of attacks. Others, for example, Thor's, it specifically says what type of attack to use. Be aware when you've got those kind of superpowers to make sure you read the wording on it and make sure that you're doing the correct attack. Now, hit and run is the opposite. Hit and run is you do your attack and then you do your movement. And again, likewise, make sure you check what type of attacks are available as part of that superpower. But it is a good way in which you can move forward, do an attack, and then get out of there. There are also some reactive superpowers with regard to movement. Example of this would be Trickster from Loki's card, which when the character is targeted by an attack, you may use the superpower, this character makes a short advance. If at the end of the advance, this character is outside of the attack's range or the attacker's line of sight, the attack ends. It then goes on to talk about what the attacker can do. But in essence, this is a way for you to move out of range or out of line of sight of an attack. 
very useful, especially if your opponent is attacking you at the near the end of their range, you can move out of the range, and then that attack no longer impacts your character. It can also be used in order to move you around every time you are attacked. Again, this is an advance, so it will follow the advance rules around height of terrain and placement based on the movement tool. There are others that rather than running away, choose to move towards the attacking character. Crossbones is a good example of this with his aggressive superpower. This says after the attack, targeting this character is resolved. If the character suffered damage, it may advance short towards the attacking character. This is really good when your opponent is trying to move your characters around the board maybe with pushes or throws after attacks, and this allows you to then go back towards where you were originally placed. Especially if you were on a secure at that point, and somebody was trying to move you off the secure to score it, with things like aggressive, you can just move straight back on and it nullifies that effect. Note the key difference between the two, aggressive and trickster, is when they occur. So trickster occurs when they are targeted, aggressive occurs after the attack has been made, and only if damage has been taken. There are also some attacks which after the attack has occurred you can then place your character who did the attack near the character you were attacking. Again coming back to crossbones we've used already he has the overpower attack and this states that after the attack is resolved place this character within range one of the target. And the range of this attack is range 3, so this means if you're, if you're range 3 away from who you are targeting, you could then leapfrog them and actually end up range 1 away the other way, which gives you quite a good distance that you can cover just by doing an attack. This is especially useful if the character you're attacking is, say, on a secure. You're not on the secure, you want to get close to the secure, you get to attack and then move. It's a bit like hit and run, but all embedded within a single attack. And is a placement, unlike a hit and run, which is usually in advance. There are many team tactics cards which affect movement. And I'm just going to pick on one or two as an example, but feel free to look through them. As we've said before, there are very many team tactics cards and very few of them get used at a competitive level however there is a vast amount to pick from and it's always good to have a look through first one we're going to talk about today is a placement one and i've already mentioned it it's rainbow bridge now this card states any number of allied asgard characters may spend three power each to play the card characters that spent power are placed within range three of their current relocation now to break this down a little bit, this is played in your activation, however you can move, move multiple characters and this is a very powerful dynamic. Moving characters out of their activation, so you could play this potentially at the very end of a round, so if you had the last activation of the round, you could play this and you could move multiple characters up to range 3. So imagine if you've got your team has been moved around by the likes of Modok or Enchantress perhaps, or maybe Wakanda have pushed you off all of the secures. You play this card and all of a sudden you realign your, your team on the board and put them back into the positions you wanted them in. Out of activation movements are super powerful because there is 
so many ways in which to move your opponent's characters. Being able to move your characters after you've activated them allows you to realign and move things back to where they were. And then the next card we're going to talk about is a great example of this outside of an affiliation. And that card is Climbing Gear. And this states any character may spend three power to play this card. This character gains the wall crawler until the end of the round. This character immediately advances short. Now on first reading, with the name of Climbing Gear and the mention of wall crawler, you may think, ah, oh, okay, it allows me to do wall crawler. I'll play this at the start, and then for my movement, I can become a wall crawler, ignoring terrain, size 5 or less, and I can just jump up and go across. I don't have to use a climb, a short climb, so this will be great on a character that has got a medium or long movement. However, for most people, it's the last sentence that's key. And I use this quite a lot in Criminal Syndicate. And in that situation, often I'll have somebody, for example, Taskmaster, in the middle objective, and if he gets moved off by, let's say, a Shuri push, then I can move him back across, move them short, back onto the objective, and then I'm counting as two against their one. This is an extremely powerful card, not just for Criminal Syndicate, but it can be used across multiple different affiliations. It's an unaffiliated card, and it really is well worth its three power. Now those first two Team Tactics cards we've talked about, one's a placement, and one's an advance. And the third one I want to talk about isn't giving you a free movement, but it's manipulating your movement. So it's extreme conditioning. And this is when a character begins a move action during its activation, it may spend two power to play this card. If the active character advance, it may use the long movement tool during this movement. Now, obviously, if you are already a long mover, then this might not be of much use to you, However, it could be quite good if you've got a slow condition on you, because this would get around that. But for two power, that's quite an expensive investment for that. However, if you are a medium or especially a short move character, having this card gives you a real advantage because your opponent has to be aware that if your character has got two power, then it could move a lot further than you would normally expect. So. Modok would be a great example of this. Modok normally moving short. Yes, he's got a large base, so he's not as bad as he, you think. But if he moves long, that's a long way for Modok to go as such an influential character. Another one that springs to mind that I use it, uh, this on would be Kingpin. Again, a short moving character that wants to be in the thick of things. Spending two power for him to be able to move long is quite useful at different times. He's a hard character to daze or KO, and you don't really want to have him in the midst of your ranks. And that's it for this episode, so that's the first part of movement. And like I say, in the next episode we'll be covering where you can move your opponent's characters, the advantages, and the flip side where your opponent is moving your characters, the disadvantages. Till next time, happy gaming, and I hope you can use what you've learned in this episode in your future games. <laughs> <laughs>